We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news. And tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fear you? We wasn't raised on the sick code, I'ma spare you. This is not a scene that you can compare to. You might as well soak it all in while you here, dude. Cause this is the birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. I said birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with A. Bronx with love, oh, oh. Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Welcome everyone to this lovely podcast, From the Bronx with Love. And today we have a very special guest with us. His name is Armando Ibanez, and he is a queer, undocumented filmmaker. I'm pretty sure that you guys all know him because he is the creator of Undocumented Tales, which, if you haven't watched, you are missing out. So, how are you, Armando? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I mean, uh, I'm so excited to be here and excited to talk about uh, our work and excited to talk to both of you. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here. Like we mentioned off air, we've been trying to coordinate this interview, but... Yeah, work gets in the way. It's right, funny. It's funny because we tried to coordinate it between the both of us for months before even reaching out to you. So, like, yeah. <laughs> who's listening, it's not that Armando was being like picky or he's like a diva and he's like schedule with my people. It was us. <laughs> we're like, Wait, do we have time? <laughs> <laughs> and then once we were like, we made the time Armando was so lovely and he was like yeah of course and I'm like ah, amazing <laughs> we don't have to wait another seven months I know <laughs> it took us seven months to it coordinate seven months but we knew yeah. it <laughs> it's unfortunately yeah uh we we are really busy with everything but I'm so happy that we make it making it happen yeah. yeah I mean we're obviously both big fans of the content that you are producing right now mm-hmm. and it's great to like talk to you and get to know you a little bit better and as part of this podcast we usually start like catching up basically like what we did over the weekend any fun things or whether it was napping the whole day partying <laughs> sorry yeah. that's the bronx for you armando <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of la <laughs> By the way, which part of LA are you from? I live in Paramount City, which is close to Long Beach, Downey, uh, by south of LA County, I, I would say. Okay. Hmm. I don't think I've been around there. I've been around there either. No. Yeah, I've, it's not close to downtown. So we have like more parking spaces on, on where I live. Mm, that's that downtown. Oh, that's what I was about to ask you because I have family that lives in downtown. Oh, so, no. like, how far is it from where you live? It's like 30 minutes far, 30 minutes without traffic, more than an hour with traffic, maybe. Like, an mm-hmm. hour. 
something like that. But there's always traffic, so there's always it's always an hour. <laughs> 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 so I know that when we were trying to coordinate this interview, you mentioned how you were going to be celebrating Cinco de Mayo. I think you mentioned something about like, oh, this weekend is Cinco de Mayo. And then I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I'm probably going to be celebrating too. So did you do anything for that? No, actually, I was going to be working on Cinco de Mayo because I, I, I work as a server. So I was working uh, in a restaurant serving tables all day tomorrow, yesterday. Uh-huh. So I had to work uh, like all day yesterday. So I didn't have time to celebrate. I oh. just came home and I was like, oh, I'm tired. And I went straight <laughs> to bed. I was like, I'm going to edit some videos. And I'm going to catch up with emails. But I was like exhausted. So I just passed out. Oh, okay. How about you? So I had plans for both Saturday and Sunday and then everything just like went out the window. Oh my goodness. I didn't know this. Yeah. So <laughs> here's what happened. So Saturday I was supposed to watch the Canelo fight mm-hmm. and then, you know, some of my friends as well work in the restaurant business and they had to work. So then I couldn't go out with them. So I stayed home watching with my family, which wasn't bad, you know, cause I was at home, whatever. I didn't spend that much money. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday, I had planned on going to a park that's here in New York called um, Flushing. Okay. And they have a lot of uh, street vendors selling, you know, their elotes, tacos. And then they have a stage where there's a lot, a few celebrities performing and whatever. But it was raining here in New York. And I was like, no, I'm not going to even bother. Like, no. <laughs> that makes sense why I didn't see any Instagram stories from you. And I remember I was like, I got to wish her a happy Cinco de Mayo. And I'm like, but where's the entertainment? <laughs> Girl, I was napping, okay? <laughs> it was excellent nap weather. So it you was. were on the Dom schedule. I was. I, I think when I saw your text message, I had just woken up from a nap. <laughs> and then went back to another nap. So yeah. Nothing oh. exciting on my end either. <laughs> we'll get them next year. Yeah. <laughs> same here, same here. What about you, Dom? Um, I texted you. <laughs> I actually did a bit of reading on it. I mean, I knew, I think once we met, like what, five years ago now? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um. You explained it because you are from Puebla, right? Yes, I yeah, am. duh. I don't you know this. <laughs> I'm going to fail a co host quiz. <laughs> and then you explained it to me, and you're like, yeah, it was the battle um, between the French. And I was like, oh, I know a thing or two about battles between the French. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so every year I do try to like remember that because I, you know how I feel about the mm, suburban cultural appropriation of margaritas and tacos and sombreros on this day. And then the next day it's build the wall. Um, So yeah, I was, that's what I kind of (laughs) did was do more research on it. And I was trying to find a good podcast episode on it, but then I got distracted. So I was a terrible honorary Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. 
I, I think it's a very, yeah, I think that we all have like different, uh, different stances, right? Mm -hmm. And many, especially here in LA where we have like, uh, uh, I would say maybe the biggest uh, population of uh, maybe in California, the uh, Mexicans. Yeah. Uh, and then we have like um, uh, Mexican Americans and then we have many people who do celebrate, many people who don't celebrate, many mm -hmm. people who do who wants to educate you and the people who don't so it's kind of like complex Cinco de Mayo yeah. right it's kind of complex but um for me it's like if I have the day off it's like I go celebrate yeah of <laughs> I mean I know the history and everything I just I just think it depends on how how you take it and how you go celebrate with. I mean, I celebrate as a day off because as a, as a person, as someone who works all the time, I'm like, well, it's, if it's if I have the day off, I'm going to go celebrate. Right. <laughs> and speaking of time off, I look at your stories and sometimes I'm like, okay, so when does he work? Because it looks like you have a lot of free time. What? Really? For me, that's, that's the impression that I get. This is like the first time that I hear that because <laughs> everyone tells me, you're so busy, you're so busy. And uh, everyone tells me like, oh my God, even like when people contact me, they start sounding like, oh my God, I know that you're so busy, but I was wondering, and I was like, wait, am I busy? Like, and then you're, this is the first time that you're telling me like, uh, oh, it's something you're... <laughs> you know what it is? I remember seeing... Um one story not too long ago and you guys were, I think you were at, I'm going to sound like such a stalker too. Um, <laughs> we're at like a coffee shop, you're listening to music and you're writing. And I know that it's, you, you're like not as a filmmaker myself and I've worked in a small production company and I've worked out of a coffee house. So I know it's not like you're just playing around, but it looked really fun. <laughs> so I think like your work, also just looks fun yeah your non um restaurant work no usually i i you know it's funny because like my friends they do know that i'm always like working on undocumented tales which is always on my free time right. uh, and that's like the passion right like the passion mm -hmm. right? I think that that's why I transmit. I I hope that I transmit like I'm having fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe is that I don't know. I don't know, but I I'm always trying to to uh to make it look like I'm having fun, even though sometimes it's stressing. <laughs> oh my gosh, you don't have to tell me twice about the stress. <laughs> Independent film, it, it, it can be, like, really quite stressing when you don't have, like, a budget uh, or money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was helping Dom with her project from grad school, and this was the very first time that I saw her get annoyed. <laughs> like, you could see in her face how frustrated she was. And I was like... Multiple times. <laughs> Which one? Was it the laptop or, like, it was the one? It was one with the laptop. And then there was another one with the lighting. <laughs> mm. I was so frustrated about lighting and all that stuff. And all, oh my gosh! You know what? I hate lighting. I can't. I I don't know. I don't. I know. I know. Filmmakers are gonna hate me right now. But I mean, it, it just sounds so intimidating and I'm not at that level of like knowing everything about lighting. So oh, I, no, this is a safe space. I hate it too. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope my cinematographer is not listening to this podcast. Me too. She's gonna, she's probably gonna quit if she does. I'm gonna be like, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, probably she. She will probably be that like that. Like she's gonna I, be like, I yes, I know it. that. Yeah, I have to say though, we don't see it. It doesn't convey in the actual content, so that's a good thing. <laughs> it's very well lit. I guess, like, it, to my point, like Armando said, like, mm-hmm. you know, his passion is the film, you know, like, undocumented tales. And so he makes it seem fun, but obviously we know that there's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And a lot more crying. <laughs> yes, yes, yes to that, yes. Unfortunately, there's... <clears throat> I think that when I went, when I started on documented tales, I didn't know how hard it was gonna be. Oh my gosh, you're like answering my first question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bend. I'm gonna bend on this podcast. <laughs> I can feel it already. I feel like this is like therapy. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I almost I was very close to. So I have a question that's almost a paragraph, but I trust me, I won't. It won't sound like a paragraph, but in it, I had to cut it down because I'm like, how therapeutic did it feel writing about your whole <laughs> life and everything? Because I just like, as I'm like writing these questions, I'm like, I know I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, like this. This is a safe space. It's therapy. Use us as therapists. We will not charge. when you're on the oscar stage and you are beating out um guillermo del toro then we'll charge you we're funding the bill yes Yes, (laughs) yes. i will gladly pay and come back every two weeks that's a good thing yeah 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 but uh, yeah, when I started my first, uh, the first season, the first episode, I had no, I was really, I was, I was so passionate and so inspired and so optimistic and so, and I'm still, um, I just, I was just naive. Mm-hmm. I was very naive thinking that everyone was going to fall in love with my project and that everyone was going to say yes to the project and that I had to be like, oh, look, I'm doing this project about a undocumented queer Mexican server. And I thought that everyone was going to say yes. <clears throat> and colleagues, friends, filmmakers, my friends, all of them. But I learned that uh, when you don't have a budget, when you don't have money, you had to pitch to your friends, to your colleagues. And some of them, I mean, some of them, they really want to help you. And some others, they they will help you if they see that they can get something in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, for me, I learned the hard way because I confirm people, you confirm people to help you during days of shooting, but if it's not paid, like people easily cancel during the day. And it's like, you, you just have to figure out to see how you're going to do it with actors, extras, mostly. Uh, so for me, I learned that way that I had to fight harder, work harder uh, in order to get the first season done without resources. And I was going to be working um, day and night to shoot those, those episodes. So I've been learning along the way and now we're finally on season three, but I feel like, I feel like from season three, season one, which started like three years ago until now, I have been in a very intense film program 
really, really intense program where I have get to learn about like editing, uh, writing, directing, acting, communication skills, marketing, uh, social media. Like, oh my God, it's like, I do everything. I feel like I can build a resume just on, on documented tells. Of and, course, uh, you should. Yes. So I feel like I can finally say that I have learned like a lot, a lot, especially the way I notice is because a lot of people since I started season one had have asked me about how to start a web series because everyone has ideas and everyone has amazing ideas, amazing ideas. But um, when they see that this takes a lot of work, a lot of commitment and discipline, and that means that you basically have to work during your entire free time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more fun, no more happy hours, no more Sunday brunch. And during those times, you're going to be working, uh, producing, writing, making phone calls, sending emails, sending text messages, looking for locations. Uh, <clears throat> that's when people realize and they just give up. Uh, so it takes a lot, a lot of discipline, most likely. And for me to get the discipline, it took me like a year a year to finally be with, be okay with like, okay, it's Friday, it's Saturday, I'm not going to go out. Uh, it took me like a whole year fighting myself and, and, and be like, no, I want to go out and go out. I used to go out and the next day I was like, oh my God, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't edit. I don't have time to do this. And then I realized that it was just one thing or the other. And and I was on, I was going to college and I was, I've been always working as a server, so it was a nightmare. I was like, oh, no, I had to. And then to realize that I had to choose the fun or undocumented tales, uh, I was like, okay, I guess it's, I want to do undocumented tales, but it cost me so much to finally understand that I had to stop going out as much as I used to so I could accomplish uh, my, my goal of working without, without resources. Wow. 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 Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people see it um, just from like the surface and they think, oh, this looks like fun and whatever. Then once they start to realize like how much work it it takes, then that's where it's really like, okay, is it your passion or or not? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's your passion. So you're willing to give up those certain things um, while you you produce undocumented tales. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not everyone has that passion. I, and also because, like like you said, right now you you don't have, like, big budgets or whatever, and you have to depend on other people. And so the ones that really don't have that passion for it will just go in thinking, like, oh, this is going to make me a ton of money, when it's not going to make you a ton of money right away. Yes, exactly. And you said another word, another word, which is you mentioned fun, and a lot of people come to the project because uh, they think they're going to have fun. And I feel like filmmaking and uh, acting especially is underestimated by people who are not part of the industry. Uh, people think that they just can be on set and have fun and just like I'm going to be in front of the camera and be like, okay, say this in action. And it's, <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. It's not that easy. But the people uh, around a general, con- I, 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 I think I can say a general uh, uh, opinion is that acting is fun and recording videos is fun, but it's not. It's not. It's, oh my God, it's so hard 
uh, because you plan a whole scene takes you sometimes hours to 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 make it. So for me, it's like I get now on season three, I get a lot of people who say like, "Oh my god, I want to I want to be on Undocumented because I want to have fun." And I'm like, "That's the last thing. That's the last thing." And that's what I got on season two. On season two, I had a friend. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna mention his name because he's. <laughs> Uh, but he wanted to be on documentaries because he wanted to have fun. Uh, so I brought him uh, as one of the uh, as one of the actors for for the season. And when we were on set, he said, "I didn't think it was that difficult." Mm-hmm. And I said, what were you think? You did you think that it was gonna be that easy? And he said, "Like, oh well, this is hard. Like, I don't think I can do all of this." And, and that's the thing that uh, I told him. Well, you're already committed, so you cannot quit, even though it's not paid. Even though I know it's not paid, but you're my friend, so you're not gonna leave me. Oh, that's already a contract. There's a friendship contract. <laughs> yes, the friendship contract is there, mm-hmm. and I trust you, and I believe you. Yeah, and you're not gonna leave me. I feel um, filmmaking is fun in the same way that, like, playing sports is fun. And, like, it takes almost the same amount. Okay, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate from people who do play sports, and I'm not an athletic person. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it does take a lot of stamina and endurance. It's not something that, you know, you just turn on the camera, and then that five or 10 or 20 seconds you see is, like there could be an hour that is cut down and distilled into the five seconds. But what people see, they see the five seconds and you're like, Oh yeah, you just put on the camera, like you said, and you do action for like five seconds and that's it. It's cut. It's a wrap. And it's like, no, the amount of like physicality and choreography and coordination that takes for one scene alone. It's like, that's, it's fun when you're done and you're like, Ooh, that was fun. But in the moment, <laughs> it is a lot of work. Yes, exactly. And that's one thing that, uh, and, or, or sometimes like when people ask me, like, what did you go to college for? And I was like, well, uh, or they ask me about my major and I tell them like, oh, it's filmmaking. And they tell me, oh, so the YouTube videos. So do you want to do that for real? I thought it was a hobby. And I'm like, I've been spending all of my free time on this. <laughs> I have sacrificed a lot. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that's one of the things that we had to fight. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I get to laugh about it because I usually cried. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You know how hard it is? It's so hard sometimes um, because I think it was like, written in the stars well for my parents it was now for me obviously to be a doctor you know immigrant parents and (laughs) correct and when they found out that I like really wanted to be a writer like my my strength in filmmaking is storytelling I love to write scripts I like to find stories and write about them and I think we're similar in that way so when you're like oh I'm so advanced I'm like I'm not Yes. I'm not advanced where I'm like shooting my own stuff and I'm taking my own camera and I know how to mix sound or whatnot. That is not me at all. <laughs> um, I hate editing. You can ask Karen. Oh, I, yeah. I would actually rather be tortured than edit. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so 
I had to explain when I finally went to school, like I wanted to do communications and media and like, it is so painful explaining what you do. <laughs> like when they see like your parents see like the little YouTube videos and they're like, Oh, that's so cute. Like, what is it? And it's like, how do I explain like marketing and like all the social media and like all this like filmmaking to them? Cause they are just like, Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yes. I don't know if your parents are the same way. Do they think it's cute and they like look at you a little, you know, they're a little confused, but they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I believe. Yes. But, um, I would say that, um, uh, I have been changing that finally, uh, because okay. of the attention, I would say of the project because okay. of the project, uh, undocumented tales has been blessed by the community. Oh, that's uh, community has been has been responding to the project and that's why I think now people are like my family are like changing the way they are seeing filmmaking. And I remember um <clears throat> when we premiere season two, we premiere at a theater at the LGBT Center in Los Angeles and my mom went. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think that she changed like she, I mean, she, you know, our parents always believe in us. Even, yeah. And the reason why they want us to be doctors, lawyers, uh, it's because they want the best for us. Mm-hmm. In their, in, in their generations, they have been taught, you know, that those careers yeah. are the best for their children. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, after that premiere, like my mom kind of like changed uh, her mind and was like, okay, I think that maybe my son is doing something. Uh, she didn't say it with words, but oh, somehow they never do. I got to feel it. Mm-hmm. I got to feel it. You know, and that's beautiful. That is amazing. If they don't say it with words, they're going to tell you with food. Yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I want to go in a little bit as to how I discovered Undocumented Tales. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I I'm think it was here. like through all this social media that I was like looking up new podcasts, all that stuff. When I started getting into podcasts because I was not into podcasts before. I was the one who was into podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> And then I told her about it. And then she brushed me off a little bit. She was like, you know, because Karen does this. She's like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then, <laughs> one day it clicked. And then I heard all of these amazing podcasts. And then she like came in wild eyed. And I'm like, yeah, Karen, I know. I'm the one who told you. <laughs> <laughs> But you see, I started researching like Latino podcasts and then I came across like Latino Su Lunch, Tamarindo podcast. And then from there, you know, um, there was another one, uh, uh, Nos Vemos en el Swap Me. Yes. Okay. So I started doing all this research and somehow I, I, I landed with your Instagram. And then I was like, oh, this looks interesting. But then when I actually started looking into it, I was like, oh, he's a server just like me. Because like when I was in... in in college, like I, I was a server and even now and then I still go back to restaurants. Um, and so I found that relatable, but then, okay, Armando, I have a big confession to make to you okay, uh-huh. on this podcast. One of the main reasons why I kept watching uh-huh. <laughs> because I thought you were super, super cute. 
<laughs> I was like, oh my God, who is this cutie? Like, I, I, I need to find out more. So I kept watching, I kept watching. And then I obviously like, you know, eventually found that you were the creator of this. I was like, nope, he's such a cutie. I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> it's relatable. Like I had a big crush on you. And then last year when we, well, uh, Dom and I, we work in like the influencer marketing business. Mm-hmm. And because of work, we had to go to VidCon. And so that same weekend that we were in L.A., that's when um, there was a panel with the cast from Vida, which was moderated by Locatora Radio and Latinos for Lunch. Yes. And I remember that I had met up with Maite from Cabronas y Chingonas uh, like two days before. So then I told her that I was going to, to that panel and we met up there. And after the the whole panel was over, you were there. I saw you from far away, but I didn't say hi. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then Maite was like, oh, you know, that's Armando from Undocumented Tales. I was like, yeah, I know. I know who he is. <laughs> and then she introduced us and I was so nervous. I was like this fangirl. I was like, oh, okay, I got to I gotta control myself. <laughs> <laughs> what? You did yeah. not look nervous at all. And I have a good memory because I always remember... Uh, uh, and I, I remember, I remember uh, that day you were there and I told you, I gave you compliments about some pictures that I saw because yeah. uh, they made so me laugh. Me. <laughs> they made me laugh. So I was like, oh my God, uh, who are these girls? <laughs> like, they're so, <laughs> you know how, like people don't have that, uh, that, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but People work hard to learn how to describe pictures. And you just like do it like that. It, there's funny. So I told you to keep yes. doing it. I told you to keep doing it because I was like, this is so funny. I want to see more. I want to see more of this. I <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, come on, let's take a picture. I was like losing it inside. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think she was like, I was so close to being like, Karen, do I have to send an Uber out to you? Are you going to make it okay to the hotel? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes, Armando. I think you are such a cutie. I was like, uh, I just want to say, I also think the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) We're confessing our love to you now. I wish a couple of my crashers would think the same. Who are those people? Are they blind? I know, right? I know, I know, I know. Let's not even go there because I'm going to end up crying for sure. <laughs> this is going to be part two. <laughs> <laughs> but that is how I discovered. That's why I kept watching. Obviously, the web series is amazing. But, I mean, to me, you were like the highlight of it. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. I feel very flattered. I'm blushing. <laughs> I would say that's very, that's a very Dominique method because <laughs> I think, what, 40% of the reason why I watch the shows that I watch is because I'm thirsting after the lead actor. Oh, yeah. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's me, too. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for Captain Marvel, I just, oh, my God, Brie Larson is just so beautiful to me. And she has this amazing, like, aura about her. And I was like, listen, I know this is, like, very clearly um, Air Force propaganda because part of, <laughs> uh, you know, part of Marvel movies are actually sponsored by the U.S. government. And I'm like, I know, I know. But she's so 
pretty. <laughs> I oh my god, you know what? Like you are like saying things that people don't say, and I love that because oh. like I I do that too. You know, like we live in a world where we're like I want to be conscious and this and that and that, but we all have like these guilty pleasures. Yes. Oh yeah. Have these guilty pleasures, like me, like. You know one show that I the only thing I don't understand anything about the show, but the the lead character the lead character is so cute. Uh, it's uh, the bodyguard, the bodyguard. Oh, I know what show you're. Is that the new Hulu show? No, it's a Netflix show. Oh, it's a Netflix show. Yeah. But it's and the guy is so cute. So oh my god, and and I'm I like I don't know what the show is about. I just want to look at him. <laughs> I do know who you're talking about, though. Yes. Oh, we have so much in common. (laughs) Yeah, because I feel like Karen. This like the reason why it was so surprising to me, um, because Karen rarely does that. Karen only has like one or two crushes, and then Karen is just like, I live in the real world, and I just tell people they're cute, and I'm like, that's crazy talk. I. (laughs) someone <laughs> and I immediately in my mind plan our wedding um, <laughs> and you and I I feel like we do the same to like every person we see on screen yes there, are, there is a couple shows that I'm like hey cutie mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I'm I just don't share with my friends shows. because like, they're gonna call me out yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, you know, we also do the same thing because um, I think like for me, it's uh, and I I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are into this uh, actor. It's either Diego Luna and Gael Garcia. So beautiful. I met Gael in person and he's so he's 10 times more beautiful in person. Oh, my God. Stop. No, I will faint if I meet him. No, I don't think I don't think uh, uh, the screen makes justice like he is. Oh my God, he's a cutie in person. Oh wow! When when did you meet him? At a screening of Oh my God, what's the Neruda? At a screening oh, of Neruda. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh, I need to see that movie. That's on my list. Sorry. Oh, actually, I did see that movie as well. But then he was in a panel, but he was far, far away from where I was sitting. And then it's not like. There was easy access to him. So once the panel was over, he got off the stage. And yeah, there wasn't really like a way that I could get a picture with him. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, my husband was not available. Uh, I knew that happened. He's my ex. He's my ex. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. We're we're good friends now. way i was going to ask you i saw in your instagram stories that you you were uh i think in miami and you had like a meeting with uh, jorge ramos yes he interviewed he interviewed uh some of the there was a uh, an event uh-huh. organized by uh immigrants rising it's a non-profit organization that advocates for undocumented uh, students undocumented entrepreneurs or, and communities in general uh so they gather 50 undocumented immigrants entrepreneurs from around the states and we have panels workshops networking in between 
So it was an amazing event uh, where we got to know many others who are going through 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 the same that we're going. And on top of that, like we're trying to get uh, amazing. We had like fifty, almost fifty, like am- everyone working on different projects on on health, politics, techies, arts. Uh, so we were there to network, to meet each other, and then we had a workshop made by Jorge Ramos in. Uh, and then five of us, we got to talk to him about our projects uh, oh and, and they got to record that interview. So we're going to see, I think that interview is going to come out uh, in a few weeks. Uh, so I can't wait. Uh, oh because I got to talk about undocumented and the others got to talk about their projects too, which are amazing projects because all of the projects are uh, are to help the, the, the community. Okay. So they're all for social change. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity to meet and to learn and to listen uh, to Jorge Ramos and uh, and see. Um, I think uh, in general, Jorge Ramos and the, the event, it was amazing because it's like you as an undocumented immigrant, you're like sometimes you go through so much and you have so many obstacles and then you get to meet people from other states when, you know, depending on on the states and the laws that they have, mm-hmm. uh, they go through, on top of being undocumented, they go through some other obstacles and we, and then, then if we add the intersections, you know, of identities, of mm-hmm. uh, so then you get to listen uh, from others and you're like wow like I'm not alone like there's other people going through some stuff too so it was amazing I'm an amazing event that they have done it for for a second year which I think it's a very uh, 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 an event without precedent because they are advocating for undocumented entrepreneurs to yeah. to, uh, to elevate uh, their projects so it was uh, uh, great to connect so we're going to be seeing you on the screen more often, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, there are some other projects that I have done that I cannot talk yet about. <laughs> well, it's by this, okay. So by the time this episode airs, it'll be uh-huh. after the second season of Be That premieres. Uh-huh. So can we talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes, we can talk. We can talk a little about that. Okay, because Dom, as you know, mm-hmm. um, Thursday, last week Thursday, I went to this event um, to see the first three episodes of the second season of Vida. Yeah, and I think it was in the second episode where Armando made an appearance. Oh my goodness! Yes, I was losing it when I saw you. I was like, oh my God, I know him. I know him, but I couldn't shout it out because obviously we were watching. It was like a movie basically. And so I didn't want to like be the loud person and then get kicked out. But I did see your appearance on Be That. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that and how it all happened? Uh, they they um, invited me to... Uh to start in the project, uh, Nancy Mejia and Jennifer, uh, Jennifer from the writers from Vida, because they have seen the show on Documented Tales and they like to participate. So I went and I shot uh, my part 
And uh, it was an amazing experience. So I'm glad that Undocumented Tales gets to connect me with community uh, because I think uh, <clears throat> I do think that uh, that we need more representation uh, on mainstream media, and I got to be part of this amazing project. So it was amazing for me. I haven't seen final uh, cut. I haven't seen what's what's on the screen. If I made the cut, obviously I did because <laughs> you told me. You told me that. <laughs> uh, so, but I had an amazing experience and I can't wait to see it. Uh, finally, yeah. Final episodes. I mean, you look so cute. That's <laughs> like, I already said that, but you were amazing. I love to see you on the screen and yeah, you should just be on every show. Okay. And every show you're on, I will watch. Okay. Oh my. It is. I want to play, I want to play a straight character. That's one of my, my goals. I want to play a straight character. Shut up. Shut up. No. Okay. Listen to this. So. When you said that there was going to be auditions for the third season of Undocumented Tales, uh-huh. I told Dom that I wanted to audition. But the only reason why I wanted to audition was because I wanted a scene with you. <laughs> <laughs> this part I didn't know, Armando. I did not know I was going to be sending her. <laughs> for I was like, purposes. I'm going to write my own scene. <laughs> You should have auditioned. <laughs> I, I was, but then <clears throat> it just got a little bit, in terms of like my schedule, it got so crazy that I just like, I was going to reach out to you and say like, hey, like I don't have any experience, but I really am interested in the project. And yeah, just things got crazy on my end, just because of like personal things happening, as well as some trips that I had recently come back with from, and it was just all crazy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a chance to, but obviously Undocumented Tales is going to go on for many seasons, I'm sure. Yeah. And I will make an appearance. I'm telling you that. Yes, I, I want do. all of the people that I know to be on Undocumented Tales. <laughs> yes. So. Um, Issa Rae's uh, web series went on for 10 years before being picked up by HBO. So, oh my Great. God. I, we'll, we'll hope HBO and that check comes knocking a little sooner for Armando. I think we're living very uh, important times in, in terms mm-hmm. of like the changes that are happening in mainstream media. Thanks mm-hmm. to, thanks to social, thanks to uh, uh, social media. Thanks to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we get, we have now the power. The audiences have the power to speak up and to boycott any project that doesn't have any authenticity, especially when it comes to portraying people of color and underrepresented yes. community. You are answering my second question. <laughs> Did you intercept any documents by any chance? <laughs> You said like four words I had. I had representation. I had media. I had um, authenticity. Once you said authenticity, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not even going to talk anymore. But yes, I think that studios are now paying attention. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's a good thing because now we are. How do you say in English? Que le estamos dando donde les duele en su dinero. Yeah, so basically we're hitting where it hurts, Dom. Yeah. Because, yeah, if we don't see content that represents us, we're obviously, like, not really going to interact with it. This is actually, um, I don't know if either of you know the statistics about the largest, like, 
demographic who are moviegoers and it's actually Latinos. Did you know that? Yeah, I had heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I Oh man, here I am thinking I have some new information and you're like, uh. <laughs> you know, like, it happens, it happens. <laughs> but that's what, yeah, like um making that impact and making sure that like you have a say in it because listen, wages are stagnating. Don't listen to what Trump says when he says the economy is growing. That's fully in part because of what happened prior to him. It has nothing to do with him himself. (laughs) Um, And it's only growing for the people who are, you know, holding all the capital in their hand. So, like, the very little money and, you know, the pennies that they decide to gift us with, we are going to utilize it strategically. I'm not giving you money for nonsense. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. We got to sit where it hurts. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and that's uh, definitely what's making the studios making changes. Now we are at least, we are uh, seeing some of those changes, you know, mm-hmm. in main big companies like, like Disney, you know, what they did with uh, Coco. I think Coco was, no, that was pizza, I believe. Um, I don't know. Some of those. Yes, they partner, yeah. They partner um, frequently Disney and Pixar. Yeah, but now we get to see uh, 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 Coco, Crazy Rich Asians, Roma. We get to see Black Panther. But I, I do believe that that's the beginning of, of a new... 100%. New era. Because Why? Because those were uh, successful on the box office. And, and they know, and that's what they care about. And because they care about, because like we want to see now. And now I feel like the audiences are waking up thanks to mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. They're waking up now to, thanks to social media and be like, okay, no, we want to see more about us. We want to see more about us. And now like, uh, I feel like uh, that snowball, it's growing and growing and growing uh, until we finally feel like a lot of representation on screen. Yeah. And did you feel that way when you were like, developing this this specific story um because i'm not i'm a i'm first generation american so i'm a daughter of immigrants my parents immigrated here in the 80s um and i cannot imagine the stress of being undocumented like i ask karen like any kind of like i'm not if i'm unvaccinated i'm crazy so (laughs) i cannot imagine like the stress where society has deemed you something just because you don't have certain papers or just by chance of not having been born on the right side of the border, Um, which is, I'm going to probably get too philosophical and crazy and rants and be like, I think, (laughs) no, long story short, I think that's bullshit. Um, (laughs) I would be really afraid though um because I talk big but I am kind of a coward how did you find like that strength to be like not only am I um from a different country I'm undocumented I'm queer and I'm in your face I'm going to tell my story as authentically as I can like where like where does that come from like how did you get that did you get that through the development of the series or did you get that prior to it and then that's your way of you know 
you know, speaking out and I'm asking you a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, all, it's all one question. I took it as one question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's been a process, but mm-hmm. uh, actually you're making me think about it uh, uh, with, with the question. Uh, you're making me think about the answer because I feel like I always know the answer mm-hmm. uh, about uh, to this question. But now I'm like, because every day I feel like I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm finding my voice, not only in the movement, not only in filmmaking, but in, 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 in my life in general. Uh, so I feel like, all of my, because I came out when I, as a queer until my late 20s, almost 30. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I came out as undocumented when I was 30 after living like 12, 13 years in, in the U.S. You are how old? Wait, how? 36. I'm 36. You're a liar. No. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I can't. I am 36. <laughs> you don't know 36? Oh, my God. Armando, I thought you were my age. <laughs> Yeah. I'm 27. I'm 30. 27, 30. Um, you see, I'm I'm 36. No, you don't look 36. No, not even a little bit. Mm-mm. It's the jeans, maybe. I mean, of course, not even me. I also buy like 99 cents mask from like from uh, Walmart. <laughs> you know those are those are usually like uh, 4.99, and then they go on sale. Yeah. <laughs> package on the sale that, those are the ones that I buy <laughs> I think those are the ones that help me okay sorry continue. <laughs> anyway yeah I think um, it's been a whole process because uh, I always felt like I wanted to do something and maybe he maybe he has to do a lot with me not being not having the courage to live my my identity my life during my whole life I think it has to do a lot with that because once I came out as undocumented and then I came out with as queer at my 30s, uh, I feel like these last five, six years, I'm just like living. I want to live. I want to catch up. And because I want to catch up, I feel like there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of things that I want to experience and live. And I want to speak up. In general, I want to speak up. I want to live. I want to experience. Uh, and uh, I think that me questioning a lot of things, living as a documentary and living as queer, I realized that uh, there's a lot that we go through. And um, I want to. I want to speak up. I wanted to speak up, and I finally learned that filmmaking was my way to say who I was, and I wanted what I wanted the world to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, and also because. I feel like my work speaks differently from activism because I feel like the dreamers narrative speaks for people who are contributing to the country, which I think it's a, it's a, it's a narrative when like we say dreamers needs to stay in the country because they are going to school and they, uh, they uh, speak English. And I feel like that lives outside a lot of people, yeah. uh, in uh, because of those narratives or like in general, uh, politicians usually say like, oh, immigrants should stay here because they contribute. In my narrative with undocumented tales, I feel like it's very, very different because I advocate for undocumented communities because they are human beings. Oh my gosh, I was just going to say that people deserve to have a 
roof over their heads and, you know, peace of mind and live a life with dignity, period. Because it's a human right. So for me, it's like, uh, for me, it's like, that's my work. That's what I'm going to add. And probably be probably like uh, uh, in politics, they're not going to listen to this because this is not a good argument. Uh, This is an insane argument, a a laughable argument. Uh, But for me, that's it's all about like human decency, about moral about uh, principles. And I hope that I get to, educate mm-hmm. human beings about us, about our communities, about our experiences. So my my work comes to uh, from the heart. And that's mm-hmm. what I want people to take from from it. Like I wanna I wanted to see undocumented undocumented uh, <clears throat> immigrants as human beings, something yeah. that I think that people haven't seen. Uh, and, and that comes from my, my courage, my courage. I have to say that I have learned a lot from the civil rights movement, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, there was no precedent when it comes to that. And they fought for everything and they risk everything. And sometimes when I do feel scared, I go back in time and I think about that. I think about everything that I have learned from history. Uh, and then I'm like, well, there's no precedent in this movement and I should be, we should be able to create uh, that precedent with change. Uh, and my change comes from uh, filmmaking. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. I think, um, I think it really resonates with me what you say about how you want your work to just convey human beings. Um, And I think that's really important, especially in the age of representation. Like I'm so pro representation matters um, because I feel like overall pop culture, people will laugh and say like, Oh, it's, you know, it's just pop. It's just popular culture. And it's not that big, but like what influences the many influences society because society is a group of individuals who have similar values you know what I mean so like yeah it might seem small what is on screen but if we continue to have images that are really um that are really degenerative to groups of people that's gonna sink in over the years so when you have representation of people who are undocumented, who come to this country um, as just <laughs> humans and not like, oh, this is how much we can contribute. This is how much money we can kind of exploit them for. And that's why we need them for economic re- Like we should never, ever hold people in terms of economics. Um, I think that's so important. And even though like it seems small, I think the small, like you said, like a little thing is going to snowball and it's going to avalanche. And that's the representation we need is like you need that like one little thing and then we keep growing it and growing it and hopefully I'm growing it and growing it <laughs> and helping you and, and I think that's platform that's one of the things yeah sorry that's mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things uh going back to your question it's um once you you learn to step out of your comfort zone like you keep you keep uh, challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, like doing undocumented tales was a stepping out of my comfort zone on everything. I remember when I wrote the first episode and I was planning it, like I couldn't sleep for like three months. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing this. Am I doing this? Am I ready? Am I the right person to do this? And I used to wake up at 3, 4 a.m. just thinking about it. And 
it was just like the beginning of something, but just the fact that I was stepping out of my comfort zone and I had so many doubts because I wasn't that, I wasn't that a hundred percent, even a hundred percent sure that I was the right person to do this. I had a lot of doubts and I had, why? Because I was stepping out of my comfort zone. And that's the same way that I have been stepping out of the comfort zone for every season and for everything that I had to challenge along with my identity as an undocumented queer person. But look at all that you've accomplished so far. And if you hadn't taken that like courage to like go forward with it and step outside your comfort zone, we wouldn't have this, you know? And so like, like you said, there's not enough representation of people that look like us that go through the same, you know, situations. And so you are making, you're, you're putting together like such a big community mm-hmm. with undocumented tales. Yeah. And, you know, it's only going to keep it growing. So yes, there's going to be challenges like anything. There's going to be times where you cry, where you are upset or anything. But at the long run, you see everything that you've accomplished and you know that it's worth it because you're, you're building something bigger. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, I mean, it's, it hasn't been easy, but um, I'm, I'm so already excited for season three now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't want to like tread on Karen if she has any more questions, but I wanted to also talk to you about like crowdfunding. Like, how is that going and fundraising and resources? Mm, selfishly, because I'm also in the same boat, but also <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting. Right now- uh, right now we are currently uh, well we are as as uh s- you know season one and season two has been uh being done with the help of the community but without resources mm-hmm. uh, and from season one to season two we tried really hard to elevate the production and now we want to do the same with season three uh so we started a GoFundMe campaign um uh, so we can uh collect the budget that we have. Uh, to rent equipment, to buy food, uh, to buy permit, to pay for permits, oh. rental. So all of this, uh, right now we're going to be running this campaign for all May, probably part of June. Uh, so that way people can donate and we can uh, collect the money so we can pay for uh, all of the things that we need. So we can bring seven new episodes that uh, we're already planning and uh, longer episodes and better acting, uh, better production. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this project. So uh, if audiences can help us with five dollars, ten dollars that they can donate, that will make a huge difference because with ten dollars you're buying basically the launch for one person in the production. So we're focusing right now. We're running that campaign, and we're gonna be running that campaign in all social media platforms that we have for undocumented tales. You guys know, don't buy that latte. Donate to Undocumented Tales. Yes, if you're gonna go, <laughs> so Undocumented Tales can have that latte. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's what's uh, the good thing about um, what we're also creating? So you changing so many things. It's like we're planning to hire the señoras, the street vendors, to go and, and feed the crow. So that way, we're also making our part on that is beautiful that's great yes 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 so i'm excited for all of this i'm gonna share this all over yes and a lot of the people in the crew and and cast 
their community. There's a lot of community on, on set. Even though I'm always yelling at everyone and I don't know anyone and I'm like so bossy. I'm like Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> like that's the only thing to get the emphasis done. That's the only thing to get the emphasis done. And uh, even that, I'm like kind of like that bossy. And not because I know it, it's because people tell me. <laughs> oh my God, but, uh, I can't wait to see that side. <laughs> even like there's a lot of heart I remember one time we were shooting a scene where I'm having an argument with my co-worker at the restaurant and I'm like crying because like I feel like I'm running out of time and I'm frustrated because I cannot go to school yeah. so my character it's like all frustrated and they're yelling at each other and I was wondering I was like oh my god like how do I know if I'm doing good acting because this is like very powerful a scene yeah. And I was like, please, God, give me a sign. Let, let me, how do I know if I'm doing good? And then I turned around and some people in the crew were crying along with me. Uh, on this, I was shooting the scene. I was, my character was crying and the crew members were crying too. Oh so for goodness. me, that was That was your sign? I was like, yeah, but it's because also like crew members are directly impacted by the stories. Uh, and because of that, they feel what the characters are, are saying, what the characters are going through. And that's something that we don't often see on, on set films. I support you. Like, even before I met you, I, I supported this project. I try to share it, like, on my social media platform so that everybody could watch. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm so happy that you're bringing this project along and I can't wait to see what's next. We have a lot more stories, new issues, new characters. Oh my God, more drama, more messiness. <laughs> more, oh my God, Fernando, it's going to be really messy this oh. next season. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't you wait. You have no idea. You have no idea. And uh, I'm so excited for the new episodes. Uh, it's going to be more fun. There's going to be more uh, more boyfriends. I mean, I, just, I already gave you a spoiler. <laughs> oh, we have to get a spoiler alert now. <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be really we're bringing uh coming out family acceptance mental health depression we're bringing a lot of issues uh, for yeah. season three that i worked a lot and I'm, I'm working with professionals too who are consulting and helping me with the scripts to review oh, wow. to make sure that we have everything on point so i'm so happy and blessed for all of these collaborations wow that's amazing yes i'm so blessed the universe is, is blessing, blessing this project. It is, for sure. I mean, it's great. So, you know, like, it's it's blessed already. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be blessed for the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the yes. seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth yeah. season. And I will be on one of those seasons, okay, Armando? Yes, I will. Absolutely. It's going to be an episode. It's going to be a dream episode. So then, like, Armando has a dream that he's straight. And then that's how we can work it out. I already wrote it. I'll, all I want is just a little credit. You can take the whole script. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea. I love the idea. Yeah, we're I love gonna, the We're going to put it in the uh, writer's room because by that time, I want to have a writer's room. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to. It is hard <laughs> writing by yourself. I, 
Right? <sighs> Tell me about it. Tell yeah. me about it. We, we need to get that level done. Yeah, I was just going to say, we're going to have another <laughs> like bonus episode where it's like the trauma of filmmaking. <laughs> yes, please. For that, we need like three hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be a series. <laughs> but yeah. True. All right. I don't know if you have any more questions, Karen. No, I don't. Armando like, is just so remarkable at answering yeah. all my questions. <laughs> yeah. Like all the questions that I had were like slowly coming along the conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. This feels so, so good. So for this next segment of the podcast, we usually highlight something that we are loving, whether it's music, books, anything, whether it's the restaurant from like around the corner, whatever it is, you can highlight it in this specific segment. So is there anything you want to highlight, Armando? Mm, Oh my God, so many things. Uh, What should I highlight? I want to highlight something. I want to highlight... Denise, the editor of Undocumented Tales. Oh. Uh, she, I met her at school. And um, after we finished school, I texted her. And she was the very first person that I sent a text message telling her I have an idea. And that idea was Undocumented Tales. And since then, she has, she has been with me uh, day and night, uh, seeing all of my sacrifices, seeing all of my tears. Uh, everything she has been with me next to me and she has done sound editing ad camera um my she has been my therapist she has been so she has been next to me with undocumented us uh, since the beginning and i'm so blessed to have her so i feel like i haven't i haven't uh give her the, the proper shout out that she deserves so definitely uh denise and um, so if you're listening to this which i'm gonna make you listen to this um uh, thank you for everything and i'm so excited for us to start season three shooting again together <laughs> yay that's lovely yes Dumb she's sick so i was thinking about her she's sick right now so i was thinking about her oh no what happened so she's feeling dizzy. So Denise, get ready. We need you. <laughs> Drink lots of water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah, this feels so so good. I wanted to say thank you again um, for joining us on the show today or tonight, actually. Um, and as we do talk about, you know, the real ramifications and dangers of, um, immigration and these kinds of things, I really do want to like, I don't want to like it to seem like I'm not hopeful or anything because it really is like Karen said is like no one, no fault of anyone's own. It is a structure. And I think even something that is creative, like what you're doing, um, is something that is really subverting that structure. So like, I really want people to like, not just because I'm a filmmaker myself, but like, this is important work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know? 
um, and like the structures that I'm, you know, sending to hell, like we can very put our heads together and like you said, representation and collectively fight for everyone and make it and put it in people's faces. Like this is how we enact change. It's direct action and it's representation. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for all the support. Uh, I can't wait to, to shoot the new episodes and premiere by October, uh, November, most likely. Ooh, our birthdays. Our, I was just going to say that. Our birthdays. Premiere and our birthdays. <laughs> That's a sign. That's going to be your birthday present. I can't wait. Okay. I hope you like them. I hope that you like them. <laughs> if you're in it, I will like it. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I have to say. Just smile in them. But yeah. also, I'm also always, and I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you always, like, I'm always, it is our job to mm-hmm. to communicate and, and to learn from each other. So I'm always open to criticism. So whenever you feel like uh, there's something that I have done, feel mm-hmm. free, that you don't like, feel free to let me know and let's talk about it. Okay, I'm going to write my essay then. like you should have shown more dimple here (laughs) i'll try i'll try (laughs) this scene (laughs) like i like your haircut this way (laughs) okay (laughs) and no Uh, facial hair (laughs) no facial hair okay no no not a fan of facial hair I'm telling you, we could be consultants on this show. Okay, I love that. I love that. Season four, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Armando, for joining us. Uh, I would love to have you back, obviously, because we did not finish the entire conversation. Like, there's so many topics that that came up, but we definitely need to do, like, a follow-up once the new season is out. Maybe we can give you our opinions, kind of, like, discuss it. So, yeah, this is not the only interview we will have with Armando. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I can't wait. I can't wait to um, see you in L.A., both of you, next yeah. time. Yeah, you'll yeah. my face. It'll be done. <laughs> I promise I'll take a, a happy hour, a happy hour off from work to, to go to a happy hour. <laughs> we will yeah. let you know in advance when we're okay. going so you can plan and we can chill. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of fun with both of you. Oh, you will. You will, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there, there will be so many stories to tell from that one hangout. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a spinoff series. That one hangout <laughs> is going to be an entire another series. <laughs> We're going to end up writing there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Oh, Armando, where can the audience find you? Um, we have a website on documentedtales.com, but uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on documentedtales. Follow us, subscribe to the channel on YouTube on documentedtales, and share the project, share the GoFundMe with everyone, uh, and uh, support the project if you can. Awesome. So you guys know what to do now. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and leave us a review. Yay. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.
Bye. Have a good night, Armando. Have a good night. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media. Wait.